All right, Tommy, thanks for joining me today. I appreciate the time. I'm excited Pleasure. about this. So, first question, did you ever think when you were a young Tommy Wilson, you would end up in the position that you're in? Because you, you had a great professional playing career. Yeah. So, what was the thought process during your career of where, where it would take you? It, I mean, I was always interested in development. Mm -hmm. In school, I was my family, my, my dad in particular, you know, always encouraged me to stick in the education because he'd been a professional and my cousin had been a pro and careers weren't that long. Mm -hmm. So I studied engineering. Okay. I, I qualified as an engineer before I um, became a professional player. It was either going to be engineering or physical education teacher. Right. So I always had a, a passion for how things were made and, and how they were developed. So when I became a player, um, I remember as young as five or six, I started to get involved in coaching. Mm -hmm. and, um, part of that, we had an American player on trial. Part of that, you know, I, through contact with him, I came over here to the States, I came to the camps, I yeah. soccer camps. And I think that piqued my interest more. I think that's probably why I'm here now. Yeah. Um, because I made a lot of contacts then. Um, and I kept, you know, I was, I was young in terms of doing my coaching qualifications. When I played at the Fairman, I, I used to travel every day with David Moyes, West Ham manager, mm -hmm. oh, uh, and Billy Davis uh, yeah. managed the Nagos Premier League. Uh, We're to and he was the manager of Parky Thistle as well. So we, we were in a car together that was interested in coaching. I think Moisey was one of the youngest to get his A license. So I think it was natural that I would try to win the coach. Maybe not. Maybe a bit surprising that I've been playing my whole career yeah. in Scotland. Yeah. I've lived in Glasgow my whole life, even when I played in Edinburgh. That I'm now living in Philadelphia. Yeah, because Philadelphia is not that great of a city, right? <laughs> to be honest, yeah. I don't care. How long have you been in the position you're in right now? Uh, nine years. Nine years. I, I mean, a lot of people come to the States for their lifestyle. Right. I couldn't do it. I came for a job. Yeah. What, what are you passionate about in, in what you do? Um, I, I just think we can, I like being able to make a difference. Yeah. Um, I think being able to see the person in the You know, when you look at young players that you've worked with, uh, young coaches that you've worked with, who get a spark and, and go on and, you know, it's, it's really. It's great to see Brendan Anderson play in the English Premier League. Yeah. You know, I, I can remember some meetings I had with him and his dad where things weren't going well. He wasn't playing much. He was upset. Right. Some of the you know, heated discussions you have with those parents and, and you ask them to trust you and see it through and invariably they do. And, and sometimes it works. And, and, you know, not everyone's going to be a Brendan Anderson. Right. I think when, when when you have a vision and you, you, you're allowed to implement it and, and 
you'll get the time to see it through. Mm. I think that's what's where you get the satisfaction. What's that vision? What's that vision look like for you guys? Like, how how, how do you build that trust too with with those parents and and trying to explain your vision? I think now it's easier. Um, when I came at first, you know, uh, Richard Graham, who was one of our owners and was instrumental in making it over, said, I said, what, what, what would you like to see? And he says, well, you know, I just want to develop world-class players. Yeah. And I thought, wow, you know, like, at that point, 10 years ago, I mean, could you name a, an American player that was world-class? 10 years ago? Tim Howard. Yeah. So there, there's not a lot. Right. You know, right. I mean, it depends how you define one of class. Right. You know, like Landon Donovan was a top. But players who are in, I mean, I think world class players are maybe in the top 20 or 30 in right. the world would make a world 11. Mm -hmm. um, you know, there's, there's not a lot. Right. So for Richie to say we want to develop world-class players, I'm thinking, okay, that's a lofty goal, Yeah, you know, so, but to be fair, um, in my experience, traveling up all over, I've been given the opportunity to travel all over the planet to make um, top development structures, and the best are the ones that are given time, time, where there's patience, and where things, where things go wrong, they're supported, um, and you get the time to see things through. I think we've, we've been given that time. Yeah. It, in your nine years, what what yeah. have you shifted from year one to, to year nine? Yeah. Where has your, where have, or have they changed and or have you refined the things that you do from when you started to, to now? Yeah, I think I've, I've refined. I think I'm, I'm, me personally, I'm much better at my job now than I was yeah. nine years ago. I thought it was, I thought it was pretty good then. Right. Like you, we all do. You think you know it all, but you don't. Um, we had, I had eight staff when we started. I was having like forty staff who were wow. under my direct supports. Mm. Uh, so it, it gives you an idea of the scale of the project. Um, How many kids are there in the academy? A about one hundred and fifty. Okay. Uh, you know, teams from one hundred and nine. I think our relationship with the school, YSC Academy, is. Mm -hmm. At first, I thought that Nuha, who's a head teacher, and I had different missions. Yeah. We couldn't. It was hard for us to work each other out, you know. And now, that's one of our biggest strengths. Um, so, that's been a development. Uh, the way we want to play is consistent across the club. Um, and, but to be fair, that's been there for a while. We are not sure. It was there the way we wanted to play, and now that Ernst is not all clubs have got that. And then there's a continuity with Jim Cutler and myself, who have been here at Wakefield staff. Right. How much does the first team staff play a role in coming down to the academy and just being around? And do you feel that's very beneficial to the, for the kids to see the first team players, first team staff at academy trainings, and how does that build that excitement? Yeah, that's a pro that's a problem for us a little bit yeah. because we're in split locations, forty-five minutes away. But we're building a facility that will allow that to happen, so that'll be the benefit of that. Yeah. The good thing is that a number of the first team staff come through the academy. So mm. 
as well as development players, we develop people, yeah. develop staff. So there is that close link, and we we go down, we take our, our 15s and 17s down to Chester a lot, mm. and they see the first team players, they see the first team staff. So there's an open door policy. There's no, you know, like when I was at Rangers, we were in the same facility, but depending who the first team coach was, Sometimes a curtain came down and you weren't supposed to go through it. Right. So, you know, it, it, it doesn't matter whether you're in the same facility or you're in the split, it's about the culture. Yeah. Speaking of the coaches that, that you have on staff, how, how do you develop them? Like, what, what are you looking for in academy coaches and in your past experiences? What has made a really good coach for you? I think uh, curiosity. What people that want to do. Yeah. Desperate to get no, better. listen to this. That was fucked. Like, I was there with the family. Right? Like, I'm in thinking of all the answers. My bag got lost. I'm open to new ideas. And prepared to challenge the colleagues to keep the standards high. Yeah. I don't, want, I don't want people to come in and accept another member of staff. I'm like, this is fucking terrible. We set standards. So there we are, like my family. The standards we set, the standards we get, and we, we keep them really high. And I think over the years, we, we had a group in the other day from the Scottish Coaches Committee business. And they all impressed by their staff. Yeah. Uh, not, not necessarily the quality on the field, but the fact that they would go up and say, we'll ask them how they are, take an interest in them, ask them if they can help them. Yeah. That's really important to me. What, in your past experience as a player, what did you like as a coach? You're a player, you know, if you think back to your favorite coaches, what did they do well and what did you hate? I can't, I can't remember what they, they did particularly. I can't remember a lot about what they did, but I remember a lot about how they treated me. Mm. There's that old that old saying that people don't remember what you said or how you said it, it's how you made them feel. Yeah, that's, right? that's yeah. it. I knew I had read that somewhere. Yeah. But it's true. Um, you know, I had, I had, and I had, I worked with some of the greatest mm. coaches, and particularly later in my career when I was a coach myself. Yeah. Coaches and managers, the top ones, the top. They all. They all had a, an interest in you. Yeah. In terms of coaching, the best ones were the ones that kept it simple. Yeah. The, now, there's a, there's a tremendous skill and simplicity. It means that you're filtering all the You've got the talented filter out all the nonsense and right. make things simple. Um, so the, the best ones unbelievable quality simplified the game. Yeah, that's interesting. Because it, it, it's funny too. You don't, you know, you, you didn't really mention X and O's, right? It's just how you made them feel. The simplicity. Yeah, and, yeah and I mean, like it's, it's not about the goal. I mean, you can all stand up and wear a magnet and get a pen and things like that. And you look at the players. 
and they've got that vacant look in their face. Right. Whereas, if you come into the room and you engage with them, you, know, you, talk, you get a smile on their face. Yeah. You, you talk about You ask them about the family. Or, there's an engagement there. Mm -hmm. I mean, I can find a hundred guys in here that can do the exercise as well. Right. But maybe only one of them is that, that quality, that empathy, that ability to engage. Just being a human, right? And connect, yeah. yeah. I mean, human qualities are incredibly important. Yeah. What's been your most memorable experience so far in your nine years in Philly? Hey. I think last year, with everything, last couple of years, everything's come together. Yeah, you know, we watching Brendan Aronson playing the Champions League. Did you did you work with him personally, or was it just kind of like overseeing his development? Not personally at the yeah. start. I was on the field all the time. Okay, but we only had three teams. In yeah. <laughs> so that and our academy teams. Been able to perform at a high level, you know, like our 17s won the MLS Right. And, and we, don't, I, we don't get any great accolades for our academy teams winning because that's just about developing players. Right. And then last year, um, last season, we travelled with the first team to LA. Yeah. Been five minutes away from being champions. Now, nobody wants a second prize, but. When you think of how far we've come, yeah, you know, I was speaking to a top staff from a top Spanish club just this morning. They said uh, everything they hear about our club from and they mentioned some of mentioned here. Yeah, just to get. That for me is, is, is a greater accolade than winning the cup or being the academy of the year, whatever it is. Just knowing that you're, the work that you've, you've put in is bearing fruit. Is bearing fruit. Going back to Brendan Aronson, what was it about him at a young age that made him different? Like, did, did you ever see that his potential would take him to where he's at? No. No. That's not to say that I didn't think he had a chance. Right. I always did. And uh, I would need to say that my experience what separates the good from the great. You can always see it in their eyes. There's a desire there. There's behind their eyes. Brendan had that. But that doesn't mean to say that, that that's not the recipe for success. Right. But around the age of 16, 17, something happened with Brendan. I don't know what it was. I mean, he was always good. He was like, it's built like an X-ray. Yeah, <laughs> you get stronger. Right, but his quality around the goal improved exponentially. Um, and then with the strength came the ability to cover more ground at great speed. So he's, he's world class in that. Right. So there was one year when he was sixteen. I spoke to his dad about seventeen. Just his quality around the goal. Yeah. And I know that he. Was away practicing at home with his brother and sister. Mm -hmm. uh, um, so I'm not. We, we're not taking credit for that. Yeah. A lot of that came from him. Sure. Just the individual workouts outside, outside the field. Yeah. The yeah. yeah. That's awesome. I mean, it, it's a great story, right? Was his brother on the same team? 
No, his brother was two years younger. Two years younger. What, what's it like working with his brother? Did you, does he, do you see that same desire in his eyes, or? Uh, yeah. Oh, yes, I do. Yeah. But, I mean, I get asked. I've been asked this question a lot. Forget apart from the fact that we've lost the lead from all of Totally different qualities. Like, I thought the packs. I thought the packs around the goal was 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 better than Brendan. Yeah. But Brendan set the bar really high. Yeah. You know, I used to say to Rusty and Dad that I think Brendan. Then the covers go around, it's more complete. Packs just, just creates things. Yeah. It's Nobody different else players, right. But I see Brendan doing that now. In the end, I see Paxton covering more ground and yeah. adding to his game. So that would be an interesting battle between those two. I mean, I was saying to someone else, I grew up in a football family. My dad was a, a pro, my two brothers were pros. Yeah. So I had to. Struggle to be the best player in my house, <laughs> and I think that's the same in the other right. household. Did you end up being the best player in your house? Well, I don't know my <laughs> brothers would agree with that, but I would, I would say, uh, let's put it this way: I had, I had the longest career. There we go. There we go. Two of the best. I'll say it for you. Yeah. <laughs> so, last question I like to wrap up with is: when you decide to take a new role, whatever that may be. What's the, the legacy that you want to leave with, with the union? Um, I think the legacy is that, that we, when you think of Philadelphia Union, that we're a club that's synonymous with development. That's what we're known for. Uh, and that is a legacy that belongs to a lot of people. Yeah. People that, that the ownership that have invested in us, the, the staff that we've brought in who believe players that have sacrificed a lot to be with us, to have left their families to come for the yeah. customers. Um, the, you know, the results that have manifested themselves are the results in the field. The professional staff at the club that have bought into their vision as well. So I think all of those things, I don't think there's any one thing. Yeah. You know, it's just like, it's, we've, I was speaking to a friend last night and talking about my, my former club Rangers that's 150 years old they were last year. The union's like 10, 20 years old. Right. But I've got a baby. Who knows what the union will become in the future? Yeah. Um, but I think that we've I think we've laid the groundwork mm -hmm. and we've given the time to do it. It's exciting. I personally can't wait to see it grow now I have a connection with it so I'll be rooting for you okay thank you